Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, it'll be a Hawks-only episode um, because there is quite a bit of news out on the Hawks and there's just absolutely nothing pretty much on the rest of the Atlanta sports teams right now since the Falcons season has ended. Uh, But there is one headlining move that happened last week with the Hawks that we will get into now to start the show. And it is that the Atlanta Hawks dealt Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks um, for some pieces that we will get into in just a second. But just on his face, um, yeah, the Hawks pulled the trigger. Um, Something that has been rumored and speculated for quite some time is that um, the Hawks were looking to trade Cam and um, looking to move on from him. Um, And it finally happened here. Uh, It was rumored the night before that the Knicks were among the candidates of teams that could be a trade partner with the Hawks for Cam. And then um, not even 12 hours later, or about 12 hours later, at 11.26 on Thursday, um, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported that the Atlanta Hawks are trading for Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks for a a deal that includes a protected 2022 first-round pick via the Charlotte Hornets and Kevin Knox. Um, and a forward from the Knicks. That's also a young guy. We'll get into him in a minute. And the Knicks also acquire Solomon Hill and a 2025 second-round pick via the Brooklyn Nets in the trade. So um, just uh, like first reactions to this were it's uh, kind of an uninspiring package coming back to Atlanta for Cam. Um, you know, just uh, – just the kind of player that he is and the pedigree that he has being where he bring being drafted where he was 10th overall uh, about three years ago now and the flashes that he has shown in his young career um, it seems like Atlanta should have gotten more for Cam but I think that's that's a lot of people's reactions that the Hawks kind of like I saw a lot the Hawks got fleeced this and the other but I just don't think that people really took in took into consideration the shortcomings that Cam also has. I mean, he he does have excellent potential, but I mean, just think about it. His first three years in the league as a whole, it's not been great. It just hasn't. I mean, he's he was hurt for a lot of last year. You know, he like his rookie year, he was a rookie, and you know, things he wasn't like an outstanding rookie or anything. But you know, rookies you give him a little leeway to uh, get in the swing of things. Then last year, obviously, he was hurt for a lot of the year, missed a majority of the playoff run, did come back at the end. And um, provided some some help against the Bucks, but you know obviously the Hawks fell short there. Nothing nothing that's Cam's fault or anything, but just saying he did miss the majority of the playoff runs. And this year, you know he's banged up right now currently, so he does have some kind of injury injury history. And um, also he, he's had a kind of a weird year. I mean, some of the shooting stuff has been good. The catch and shoot especially has been very very good for Cam. But other than that. Things just haven't been great. You know, on his career, he is a below-average playmaker passing-wise. Um, a He has more turnovers than assists on his career. The defense, he's definitely shown the potential at times, but this year, it just, it just seems like there's been, like, minimal effort. And we'll get into why that might be the case um, in a second here of why Cam might have been showing less than a thousand percent out there for the Hawks. 
Um, but yeah, he's just he's a definitely a very talented guy. Obviously, you said you see where he's drafted and how big of a recruit he was coming out of high school when he went to Duke. But I mean, he's definitely got his flaws, and they aren't just something that um you can really just like cover up and say, oh, you know, he'll figure this out and this that and the other. I mean, that's just really not how it's how it's going to work. I mean, looking at his career numbers, I mean, it's nothing that's just blowing you away. Honestly, I mean, shooting this year this year has been better. Definitely, he's shooting 38% from three this year, which is great. But he's only shooting 40% from the field. So, I mean, his mid-range stuff is well documented, how he struggled with that this year. Um, you know, the one his one um, shining trait, I'd say, that going into this trade is the three-point shooting, especially on the catch-and-shoot, because he's been fantastic with that this year, and he's shooting, you know, 38% from three. That's very good, and his catch shoot numbers are even better. I don't have them in front of me right now, but they're even better um, than you would think. So, yeah, um, get into some more of the uh, details of the trade, um, of what the Hawks are actually getting. They're getting the first-round pick from the Charlotte Hornets in 2022, and it is a protected pick. So what I mean by protected is that for the next uh, four years, this pick has certain protection on it. So... It's a Hornets pick, so this this pick is gonna the Hornets decide where this pick is gonna be with their play and where they fall in the draft. But the first round pick in this upcoming draft in 2022 is if it's in the top 18, the Hawks don't get it and it turns over to 2023. And in 2023, it's top 16. So if the Hornets have it in the top 16, they get it. Then it carries over to 2024. 2024, it's top 14 as, as well for 2025. If the pick is not conveyed between 2022 and 2025 the Hawks get two second round picks one in 2026 and one in 2027 that's highly unlikely I'd say because the Hornets are seemingly going to be a playoff team um, in the next coming years if not even this year and they don't even um, like they don't even have to be super high seeding or anything like that for the the Hawks even get the pick this year Uh, so the Pick is 1 through 18. The Hawks will not get in 2022 and it'll turn over to next year. And um, this isn't a pick that I am sold on that the Hawks are going to use for this for drafting a player. I am probably leaning towards the Hawks are going to package this deal with something else for in a trade for somebody. Um, that is where my lean is, but who knows? It might not be anytime soon um, because, you know, if the pick ends up being protected for 2022, they might just hold on to it and maybe use it in this offseason for something as it'll be a 2023 first rounder if it's not in the top 16 at that point so um, definitely kind of convoluted with all the protection stuff that you have to get into I mean the Hawks have another protected pick right now with the Thunder that they're not going to be able to get this year because the Thunder are definitely going to be in the lottery and if it's in the lottery it's protected for Oklahoma City so that's just another example of a protected pick that Atlanta has right now Um, and then we'll get into the other piece of this trade um, the other main piece, I say, um, I guess this is a bit of a throw in here by New York. Um, it is Kevin Knox. Um, he is also a pretty high draft pick guy from a few years back. He was drafted a year before Cam um, out of Kentucky. He was the number seven overall pick, I believe. I'm about to look up his page right now just to confirm that. Um, yes, he was. Oh, he's the ninth pick, actually. Ninth pick in the 2018 draft, so a year before Cam and a pick before Cam. And he has been pretty dreadful in his NBA career. He's been out of the rotation 
for the most part for the Knicks this year. Um, he's only played in 13 games. And in those games, the numbers are pretty ugly. Um, 3.6 points per game, only 8.5 minutes per game, shooting 37% from the field, and um, 35, 35 points, 35% from three, if I could spit it out there. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely struggled um, early in his career. You know, got a big big share of playing time and starting time, actually, his rookie season. And since his rookie season, it's been three seasons, including this one, he's had four starts which isn't what you really want out of your number nine overall pick. Um, but, yeah, he has been very bad to start his career, to say the least, and um, kind of been on a downward trajectory ever since he got into the league. But he's still a young guy, 22 years old. Um, he is a free agent after this year, um, a restricted free agent at that. So the Hawks could offer him a qualifying offer at the end of the year if they wanted to do that to make him restricted. But I don't think they will because I don't think that he's even worth the qualifying offer money, which is, I believe, $7.9 million. So, I mean, if he – this is really just a lottery ticket for the Hawks more than anything. He's just a throw-in. He's still a young guy, and he's obviously got some sort of pedigree. Um, he was a big-time recruit at a high school. He was 10th in his class in 2017, went to Kentucky, top 10 pick in the draft, all that stuff. But up to this point, he's been a bust. Um, and, you know, there's no other – Real, really, other way to put it, other than that, uh, top ten pick out of Kentucky, and he's just not been very good um, in his career. So yeah, just kind of a, a scratch off ticket for the Hawks. Really, um, he's not the main piece of this trade. Uh, the main piece is that first round pick, but you know maybe Kevin Knox he could come in. Um, you know he is a, he is a combo forward. Play he can play the wing. You could also throw him down at power forward if you really need him to. But I think that he. Is more equipped to be a three, and um, you know the Hawks are just kind of covered at power forward right now with Collins, and you know you just need more depth at the wing position, and you're losing Cam, who was a depth piece at, at the at the wing, so you could throw Knox in there. Is Kevin Knox as good as Cam Reddish? Absolutely not. Um, I've seen some people try to throw that around. Um, he's just not. I mean, like it's just it's not like Cam is just like leaps and bounds better than him because Cam definitely has a ton of flaws too. But Cam has definitely shown way more promise than Kevin Knox has. And he's a year younger. So the Knicks have another year of control over Cam, too, next year. And the Hawks do not have that over Kevin Knox. So, yeah. Uh, we'll get into one more. The last little detail of the trade is that um, the Knicks are also are getting Solomon Hill and a 2025 second-round pick um, from the Nets that the Hawks had. Um, this is – I don't want to say this is nothing, but it's nothing. Um, Solomon Hill – was on an expiring contract, could have been a free agent after this year, and he's also out for the season with a torn hamstring. So that's just kind of just um, just to get off the Solomon Hill money, I feel like is what the Hawks are doing there. And they attached that 2025 second-round pick just so the Knicks would just take on Hill for the rest of the year because the Hawks just didn't want to cut him and pay him. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what that is. Nothing of any really significance there um, with, with that. So we'll move on to the very last um, piece of information that came out about this. Not the very last, but I say the, the latest notable piece of information that came out about this trade. Um, this is via Chris Kirshner of The Athletic. I believe that's how you say his name. Chris Kirshner and Fred Katz. They work for The Athletic, and they published an article saying that Cam Reddish requested a trade from the Hawks several months ago. And... You know, it was never like a huge secret that Cam maybe wanted to be dealt elsewhere um, for, you know, just his sake and his his development and you know, maybe just wanting a fresh start. But it was never 
confirmed until now after the trade that he actually officially requested a trade. Um, so yeah, that's another that's another factor in this because I've seen p- some people, some Hawks fans are not happy about this, and I totally get it. It's definitely not a sexy package coming back to Atlanta like a lot of people thought they would get. Like they, I mean, the Hawks were not going to get the Houston Rockets first round pick, for example, out of this. They just weren't going to get that. Or like the Pistons or something of one of the really, really high-end lottery teams that are going to have one of the top picks in the draft. They weren't going to get that. It was always going to be like a mid-round pick. Um, There's also reporting on some other teams that were not came. I think the Lakers and Pacers were also in. It was reported the Lakers offered two second-rounders. And it just seems that the Hawks were just waiting for a team to offer a first-round pick. And the Knicks finally did that. Um, so it says here in this athletic article, the Hawks were going to trade Reddish as soon as a team met their asking price, and the Knicks did. So, um, interesting timing, I'd say, with the trade, too. This is happening the day after DeAndre Hunter gets back from his injury. Um, so, I don't know if that played anything of it. I kind of suspect it does um, because, you know, the Hawks kind of need to cam to fill minutes. I know he is banged up right now, but um, if Hunter was to say if Hunter was going to be out another two weeks, the Hawks might say, hey, maybe we hang on to Cam for two weeks because we still have a long time to go before the trade deadline. Um, so maybe the Hawks say, hey, we'll hold off for two weeks because we need Cam to eat minutes at, at a wing spot without Hunter. Um, but Hunter came back on Wednesday night. He actually looked quite good. Um, we'll get into that in a few. But, yeah, uh, so it came official that Cam didn't want to be with the Hawks anymore, that he requested a trade. And, you know, it's it's an unfortunate situation how this ended. It kind of sucks. I, I like Cam a lot. I think he definitely had a, some good potential on both ends of the ball. I still think he'd be a very good player, and the Hawks could still definitely get burnt by this trade. This could be one of those trades where you look back on and say, wow, why did they let that guy go? And one is he wanted he requested a trade. He wanted to get out of there. And another is there's just – Hawks have a lot of depth at the wing, and, you know, Cam, Cam, there's some contract considerations, too, with him. He is extension eligible after this season, and next year is his final year before getting free agency if he doesn't get extended. And, you know, him getting extended and or him signing a free agency is going to cost money. And he's, if by my estimation, he's going to get overpaid just because of the, you know, just the potential and the pedigree that he brings and just his skill set of just the high-end outcome of Cam Reddish is going to get him paid more money than his prior performance um, indicates he should. And that that's just right now. Like Cam could go to New York and just click. It could click there, and he could just go crazy. And that could be a really bad look for the Hawks, and he could get paid even more money in free agency or on, or on an extension. Um, but, yeah, as of right now, if Cam just, like, if, let's say he goes to New York and he, like, is the same guy, improves maybe just slightly – and hits free agency or the Knicks want to extend him, one of the two things, they're going to, the team who's going to pay Cam is going to overpay, no doubt, um, because the kind of money he's going to command in free agency or on the extension is going to be significant. It's going to be real money, and it's probably money that he has not, I don't want to say he hasn't earned it, but that his, it, they'd be paying for paying for the potential rather than the prior performance of Cam Reddish. And the Hawks knew that, and the Hawks knew that they probably weren't going to do that. They probably weren't going to extend Cam in the offseason, and they probably weren't going to match a contract um, if he became a restricted free agent in a year and a half from now. So, yeah, it's um, it's a peculiar situation. It's definitely a very weird trade. Um, yeah, so that's it on the Cam stuff for right now. Of all the trade 
things that were going on. There's one last piece of news that was non-cam. I mean, it was kind of attached with the trade itself. But it was reported that everybody but Trey Young and Clint Capella are available for the Hawks before the trade deadline. And I know what you're thinking. Um, why is Clint Capella untouchable? Um, he is technically untouchable because he literally cannot be traded until, I believe, this offseason. Um, so he is. you can't trade Clint. Um, it was part of his new contract or the extension he signed rather this offseason that he couldn't be traded during this season. Um, I think the Hawks would have to wait until this offseason if they did want to trade Clint. So right now, Clint and Trey, and Trey for obvious reasons, are untouchable for the Hawks. And I think, and I mean, there are significant players other than them two that the Hawks could part with. Uh, I don't think this is like the Hawks waving the red flag of selling on the year. I don't think that. Um, I think this is, they're still in win-now mode, definitely. I mean, the season has definitely not gone according to plan. Um, but... Yeah, it's, you know, that means DeAndre Hunter's on the table. That means John Collins is on the table. That means Ayeka Kongu's on the table. That means Herter's on the table. Like, those are significant guys. And um, I, I don't, like, I'm not expecting any of them to get traded, really. Of those I just named, I think that's kind of just indicating to maybe like a Gallinari trade or something like that. Or maybe they could pull the trigger and make a big move, and that would may, maybe mean parting with a Kongu or Herter or Hunter if you want to make a big move for a more polished um, win-now type of asset that you could get in the building. So that's kind of what I took from that. Um, there is still a good amount of time, I think about four or five weeks till the trade deadline. And the Hawks um, seem to be, like they've already, they're already active obviously, and they seem to uh, be indicating that more things um, could come. So we'll see how things uh, transpire um, in the next few weeks with all the trade stuff. And, uh, yeah, now we will uh, pivot and talk about the game action and what actually took place on the court this week. We will now get into the actual games that were played this week instead of the uh, transactional stuff that has been going on, and the first of which was a home game on Wednesday against the Miami Heat. Um, I was actually at this game, and it uh, wasn't a good one to be at because Hawks got shellacked 115-91, to 91, um, just a pretty brutal offensive performance in this game um, defense wasn't spectacular by any means either but um, definitely more of an offensive struggle than a defensive struggle um, Hawks didn't have a single player reach 20 points John Collins was their leading scorer with 16 um, and Trey and Boogie both had 15 and um, Trey just didn't have it in this game obviously only scoring 15 points um, but yeah the Hawks had some chances in the fourth quarter to come back and kind of make this a game um, I believe that they the lowest they got the score, the, the deficit down to was about 12 points, but they weren't able to get it any further than that. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of the result you're going to get with you know, the offensive performance like this. They shot uh, only 30, 38% from the field, um, 29% from three, and only 70 or 69.6% to be exact from the free throw line. Um, 16 of 23 from the free throw line is just not going to do it. Um, a lot of that was Anika Kongwu went 0 for 4 from the free throw line, so a lot of that was um, his struggles in this game. And uh, yeah, still just pretty pretty bad offensive performance all around for the Hawks. And defensively, um, you know, not as bad as they have been, but still nothing special defensively at all. Gave up 115 points. Tyler Hero. Um, had a pretty good game for the Heat. He was our leading scorer with 21 points. Um, but, yeah, nothing much to really say about this one. And 
Heat had a pretty large lead throughout the entire course of the game, despite the Hawks actually getting out to a 13-2 lead to start the game. And that was kind of the only run the Hawks went on the entire game. And they just the Heat came back and just put them in the rear view, and the Hawks really never threatened for um, the rest of the game, really. So, yeah, pretty disappointing game there. And uh, we'll move on to Friday's game, which was another game against the Heat, part of a kind of a home-and-home, home, I guess you could say. This one was in Miami. And this one was a pretty brutal one for the Hawks. Um, they lose 124-118. to 118. Um, They actually came back to take the lead in this game. And then they let the Heat come back and take the lead and eventually win this one. Um, pretty brutal fourth quarter for the Hawks, uh, losing the fourth quarter 30-19. to 19. Um, They trailed 40-30 to 30 after the first quarter. Then they outscored the Heat by 16 in the second to have a six-point lead at the half, led by five going into the fourth quarter, and then things fell apart. Like I said, losing 30-19 to 19 in the fourth, that's never a recipe for success losing the fourth by double digits and that's exactly what happened here um, just kind of more another defensive meltdown at the end uh, for the Hawks giving up 30 points in the final two quarters of this game it's never good to give up 40 in the first quarter the only solid defensive quarter on the whole was the second only giving up 24 points um, so we'll get into that right now of uh, what happened in this game the heat shot of uh, 46.7% from three which is um, it's hard to win games when you're allowing teams to shoot that kind of percentage. They also shot 53% from the field, which is very solid. And the Hawks shooting was pretty good, too, in this game. They shot 48% from the field and 42% from three. So, you know, when you think you shoot when you shoot that well from three, especially, you think you have a good chance of winning, which they did, but it just didn't happen because defense just kind of let them down. And, um, yeah, that's just kind of been the theme of the year. These videos keep playing on ESPN's website, which is just very annoying. Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, just kind of a heartbreaking loss at the end. Hawks were in this one, unlike the game on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what happened in this next game, too, Saturday against the New York Knicks. Um, first game against the Knicks since they traded Cam to them, um, but Cam did, was not playing in this game. He's still battling an ankle injury and probably still getting in the swing of things in New York. Um, but... He was in attendance for this game. He was on the bench. He was getting some shots up before the game in his Knicks gear, which was just kind of weird and jarring to see. But you know, that's just gonna—that's just how it is gonna be for now on, because he is on the Knicks. Um, but the Hawks dropped this one as well, 117 to 108. Uh, Hawks lost every quarter except the third, which they won 26 to 20. Um, they had some chances in the fourth to make this a game. They got—they cut the lead down to four late with a 9-0 run. Um, but still, just down the stretch, Evan Fournier and R.J. Barrett were just killing the Hawks. Um, they couldn't get a stop. Especially those two guys were just making bucket after bucket down the stretch and really put this game away for the Knicks. They were both very good in this game, especially in the fourth corner. Fournier had 18 points on 7-13 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3. It's very solid. And um, R.J. Barrett was their leading scorer with 26 points on 8 of 20 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. So he was very solid in this game as well and um some of the buckets that the hawks were giving up late were kind of self-inflicted but um just kind of losing guys and leaving them open open layups and dunks some open jump shots but a lot of them were tough shots and the hawks are actually playing some pretty solid defense at, at times but you know not not um, all the way in some important moments so um yeah evan fournier and rj barrett kind of just killed them and put the game away late um one one um, 
notable exception of having no good defense at all was Danilo Gallinari. I thought he was dreadful down the stretch in this game. And um, also, I think Nate kind of kind of let Trey sit a bit too long in the fourth. I don't think he came in until there's around like five, six minutes left in the fourth, which I didn't love that. Um, but Trey had a good game in this one. Uh, 29 points, 5 assists, 11 of 23 from the field, 4 of 12 from 3. Um, not the not a huge assist game for Trey like he is uh, prone to having, but still 29 points, led the Hawks in scoring. I got to find a new website. ESPN is so bad. I'm sorry that, that these videos keep playing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, ESPN is one of the worst sports websites. I got to find another one. Sorry about that. Anyway, that's done my ESPN tangent. Um, where was I talking about the Hawks offense? Um, Trey only player with 20 points in this game. Um, Gallinari had 17 off the bench. He was pretty solid on offense, despite him being just terrible on defense, I think in this game. And that's nothing new for, um, Gallinari. Um, he's just not a, not a very good defensive player. And that's just what kind of what you get with him. You're going to get some good, um, some good outbursts on offense time to time. Um, kind of like you did in this game, him dropping 17 points, second leading score on the team. Um, but, yeah, he, that's just kind of the nature of the beast with him. Um, speaking of a guy that had a good game on both sides of the ball, though, Onyeka Kongwu, um, very solid in this one. Six of six um, on field goals in this game with 12 points, um, and he was pretty spectacular on defense. He had two blocks, including just a pretty filthy one to um, on a dunk attempt by, I believe it was Mitchell Robinson. Um, but not sure if it was Mitchell Robinson or not, but it was a very nice block, kind of an absurd block because just the way he was going up um, for the dunk and the way Kong was able to get up there in a hurry and get that out of there, that was very good. Um, so he had a very good game off the bench um, in this one too. Um, Lou hit some shots off the bench. He was all right. Um, as far as the starters go, uh, Collins was the only one that was in double digits besides Trey with 13 points. Um, Bogdanovich was out for this game with an injury. Him and Capella are still out. So it was Herter, Dang, Hunter, and Collins. And um, Hunter, not a great game. Three of nine shooting, one of six from three. Offensively, not great. Uh, Dang, you can't expect too much from offensively. He only played 13 minutes. You know, Kongwu ended up playing way more minutes than him at center. So, you know, can't really like treat. I'm not really going to treat him as a starter, just kind of a bench guy filling in for Capella. I don't know why he just uh, don't start a Kongwu, but that's a, that's a discussion for another time. And uh, Herter. Pretty rough game for him. Two of eight from the field. 0 of four from three, which is not what you like to see from Kevin. You like to see him knocking down threes, and he didn't have that going in this game. Hawks offense wasn't great again in this one, and the defense let them down down the stretch. I know it's like a broken record, but that's just that's just how it's uh, been this year for the team. Um, so that's it for this week's games. And we'll do a little look ahead of what they have going on next week. They'll just play four games um, in between here and when we talk next. Uh, they got the Bucks tonight on TNT. Then they got the, the all these three games are at home: Bucks, T Wolves on Wednesday, Friday against the Heat. Then they go on the road to Charlotte um, on Sunday. So this is a pretty big week for the Hawks. You got four games this week, and um, you need to do good because you just gotta you gotta get your head back above water and start getting some victories. Because you know there's still plenty of games to be played. But I mean, you know the Hawks are. Let me look at the standings real quick. Like things are not things are not great right now for the Hawks. The I'm trying to find the standings right quick. They're right now they're fourth in their division, which is not what you want. Um, they're seventeen and twenty-five on the year. And as far as the playoff picture goes, they are. Let's see. The Knicks have the final play-in spot, and the Hawks are four and a half games behind the Knicks. 
and they're also four games behind the Celtics, who are um, 11th in the East, so they're 12th in the Eastern Conference right now. They've lost five straight games, and yeah, they're 10 and a half games. They're only 10 and a half games out of the one seed, which is just kind of weird for a team that's um, this far down in the standings. Um, but it's because the East just hasn't been there. Hasn't been like a superpower like there is in the West this year with the Suns and the Warriors. Um, right now, the Bulls are actually the one seed at 27 and 14. So. Uh, that's kind of new to see, and they've also lost three games in a row, and they're still the one seed, so that's pretty wild. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Hawks, four and a half games out of the play-in right now. Um, I still think that is definitely obtainable. I still think that they could get one of the top six seeds as well in the East and play and not have to play in the play-in and have just have a normal playoff series waiting for them. Um, that's definitely a high-end outcome with um, how bad they've been playing, but yeah. You know, I still think this is a team that's going to be at least in the play-in game. If they're not, it's... It's not gonna be good. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't think McMillan's gonna get fired or anything. I can't. I can't see that happening. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, they just traded Cam Reddish, and I think they're gonna be more active as the trade deadline approaches. Also, so we'll just see how that goes and see how they can go about approving this team for this year. So that'll do it for this episode. Um, if you made this far listening, I really appreciate it, and I will see you in the next one. <music>